This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Rocket Mortgage, they know. Folks, they know. That when you want the ability to adjust your loan options in real time, friends, remember Rocket Can. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Send the tweets at Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. Coming up at 1.40 p.m. Eastern, I'm the man of the house. And like any man of the house, I have to make a very tough decision someday. It's whether I, I own a football team or a family. I don't know my family, but I have a family. Whether I own a football team or have a family, I have to make a very important decision. And it's coming sooner than I think. And I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are backing out of that position and backing out of that spot to make a decision on their football team. That coming up at 1.40 p.m. Eastern, 855-2124-CBS. We are out to Jake Heaps. Hopefully we'll be able to get him on the show coming up here shortly, Russell Wilson passing a cat. We have him. Hey, hey, well, Connor, why didn't you whisper it in my ear, my friend? Does doesn't matter. I'm gonna blame you. That's how this stuff works. So I'll push off all my stuff that I'm gonna say about Russell Wilson because I want to get down to where it's supposed to be here. I want to get down to the guy. We go to the hotline. I don't like doing back-to-back, but I think I have to, and I wanted to make this this spot for him. Jake Heaps joins us on the show. Former Seahawks quarterback, host at 710 ESPN in Seattle, as well as the Russell Wilson Passing Academy joins us on the show. Jake, thanks for joining us, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So you're the head coach of the Russell Wilson Quarterback Passing Academy, the whole deal, right? That's correct, yes. So is this a little awkward for you, this whole Russell Wilson saga? What's going on here, bud? Tell me more. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with a little friction at times, you know, but it has certainly been a, 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 an absolute storm uh, in Seattle. There's no doubt about that. Um, but when it comes to this situation, I think that what we've seen here is, is something that's completely different and out of the norm for Russell Wilson. But, but the, the truth is, is that we, if you read some of the tea leaves in terms of what was going on last year and, and some of the stuff that – he had been saying uh, it's not a surprise that they have necessarily gotten to this point fully. Um, and I think that, you know, Russ at this stage, you know, really I think he just is looking at his career at 32 years old and, and you know, looking at the, the outlook that he has of wanting to, you know, uh, be, be great. And he's wanting to uh, he's wanting to take this opportunity to, I, I guess, you know, opportunity in, in the frame of coming out and talking publicly of saying, look, there's some things that I want to see changed and and uh, I'm not going to sit back and wait and hope for things to happen. 
Jake Heaps joining us on the show. I loved what you just said about reading the tea leaves about going on for some time because it means I'm right and I have a tremendous ego and I like to be right about this because there has been so many – oh, Jake, there's been so many people go, out of nowhere. And I'm going, there's no way this was out of nowhere. And then the other folks, Jake, say, couldn't he have kept this in-house? And I'm still thinking, I'm sure there was a time – he wanted to keep this quiet and just speak to Seattle one-on-one here. Obviously, you mentioned the friction. There feels that there's been a disrespect to Russell Wilson at some point over these last couple of years. Am I wrong on that? Does he feel disrespected? Well, it's not It's not the disrespect. It's the It's the fact of what you just said. That, And this is what I've been trying to convey to everybody here in Seattle as well is, look, he, he didn't just come out of nowhere. This doesn't necessarily surprise the team in terms of what he wants and what he desires this is something that they've been talking about for five years now. Um, and, and so I think you get into this point where you see a player at this stage of his career where he's, you know, it's like, okay, all right. I, if we're, if we're not going to address this issue, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to make it, I'm, I'm, you leave me cho- no choice, I guess, you know? So I think that we're in a position here with, with Russ that, you know, um, like I said before, he's not, he's done sitting back hoping and wishing for things to change. And, and really what is that? That is wanting to get to the next step. For five years now, they've won a lot of games together, and it's crazy to look at it 12 and four and to see your quarterback be upset. But look, they've been they've been, they've won a lot of games. They've been stuck in the wild card in, in the divisional round for for five years now, and and everybody wants to get to that next hump. Everybody wants to get over the hump, and I think there's been a little bit of a different philosophy in terms of how to get that done uh, between you know, Russell and Pete Carroll, and, and it's really these two needing to get on the same page moving forward and, and looking at the approach that they've, they've had over the past couple of years and saying, hey, where can we improve? Where can we get better? And one of those areas, as Russ has outlined, is the frustration of being hit too much. He plays a role in that, and, and he understands that. But there are certain things that he can control with his game and, and what he can influence and how he can get better, and there are certain things that he can't, like the acquisition at the offensive line. Um, the offensive philosophy and, and scheme change. Now, we went, they, they went out and hired Shane Waldron um, uh, from the Rams, and that was a very positive thing that everyone feels good about. But now you, you look at the next step of this thing is, is over the last five years, you can go through the list of the draft picks and the free agent signings that they have had. Um, it has not been stellar. They've tried, but it, it has not been stellar. Jake Heaps joining us on the show, former Seahawks quarterback host at 710 ESPN in Seattle, the Russ and Wilson Quarterback Academy. Find him on Twitter, at JTHeaps9. There have been people who have pointed their, their cannons at Pete Carroll in all this. Is there something we don't know? Has there been a rocky relationship in the past between he and, and Russell Wilson? Well, there hasn't been. a. It's the, that's the strange thing about this. <laughs> is They actually have a pretty good relationship. Things have been pretty stable. Uh, they align in a lot of in a lot of areas, but it, when it comes down to taking the next step and getting over the hump and doing the things that each one of them think that they need to do to to get to that ultimate goal, which is to get to a Super Bowl, I think that's where some of the friction comes into play here. Um, and so I think that's really where where it's at at this stage. And and uh, obviously, you know, Russell uh, not feeling like he is being heard in in this particular case. So uh, I think that that's kind of where it's at right now. And you know, Russell has obviously aired his grievances and has made it very clear as to where he stands. And, you know, I think now 
Pete Carroll, it's really going to be up to him in terms of how he responds, what they decide to do moving forward as an organization. And, and uh, you know, the, the reality is, is Pete doesn't want to rebuild. He doesn't want to start over. Um, and so uh, he, he knows how valuable Russell Wilson is and doesn't want, to, doesn't want him to be anywhere else. And so if that's going to be the case, then there has to be um, some concessions that are made. And that comes on both sides of the coin. You know, Russell isn't going to get everything that he wants. Um, but I think there's got to be some meat in the middle there. I agree with you, and I don't think every quarterback should be given this, but I do think there are exceptional ones that you have to think differently in, and I think that Russell is one of those guys. How much power for an elite quarterback, because there's differences between journeymen and, and guys who can be developed and then franchised, and then there's elite. For the elite, how much power? Do you think a quarterback should be given within an organization? Well, I think that the the word power has been thrown around a lot, and and I and I don't think that that's the right phrase. I think that the right wording is how 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 much communication should go on between the quarterback and the organization. Uh, how much of an understanding should they have between each other? And you know, if you if if you want to put that as power or influence, then then okay. But I, to me, it's does the quarterback and the head coach and the GM, are they on the same page in the direction of where they're going from a philosophical standpoint, from a player acquisition standpoint? Does it mean that the quarterback is sitting there and saying, hey, I, I, want, I want player X um, and, you know, your guys' evaluation doesn't matter? It's, it's not that. I mean, you have rare instances with Tom Brady, you know, bringing in Gronk. We all know why that happened. And Antonio Brown. But – I think looking at and saying, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to go out and get offensive linemen? Are we going to get receivers? And, and just being on the same page and having that communication be at an all-time high, I think really is a no-brainer between the elite quarterbacks in this league, which are very few, and, and uh, the power structure of head coaches and GMs. So, Jake keeps joining us on the show. So, we hear that, like, a what, a quarter of the teams have called Seattle. Mm-hmm. What what does it take to keep Seattle on the phone to to think about the possibility of trading? What's his price? <laughs> uh, uh, pretty much nothing that anybody can offer. I mean, first off, <laughs> you know, you've heard Mike Silver report out there, hey, the the table setter would be three first round picks. Okay, uh, look, how many teams are out actually going to go out there and trade three first round picks? And that's just the table setter. Look, as I said before, Pete Carroll does not want to rebuild. He's not dumb. He doesn't have a whole lot of time, you know, in his career left. He's got three to five years in this league still, and he wants to go out and be on top. And he's not going to try and replace Russell Wilson with Tua Tonga-Vailoa, uh, no disrespect to him, or, um, or uh, Derek Carr or any, any of these other quarterbacks out there, even Dak Prescott. If you're telling me that you can find a quarterback who's one of the top three quarterbacks in this league who doesn't get injured, and that's the one thing that people forget, this is an elite quarterback who doesn't miss games, then uh, then maybe they'll consider it. But uh, point to me where those guys exist. Jake keeps joining joining us on the show. You know where I'm going to take this now. What about a guy who's ready-made? What about a guy like Dak Prescott? Can they make a deal with Dallas? You know, Dak is a is an interesting choice, but the problem is is that everyone in this town complains about Russell Wilson's contract. Dak Prescott, he's he's looking for a bigger deal than Russ. So, although the talent might be comparable in terms of team building, it's not the type of move that you would want to go in. Um, and so, 
that's the interesting part about the, the, the decision that they're going to be in and, and the fact that Russ has a no trade clause. They can't just trade Russ to Miami or the Jets where they have, you know, top five type of quality of picks where they could, you know, get a player at the top, a quarterback at the top end of the draft under a player friendly deal. Um, you know, Russell is only going to want to go to a, a, I mean, he already listed the four teams and it's out there, but those are middle to late round type of picks. Um, so it, it really puts the team and the player in an interesting position. And that's why when it comes to 2021, pump the brakes, Russ isn't going to go anywhere. I think that this is definitely something to keep an eye on when it comes to 2022 in that conversation of, okay, where was the season at? How did things progress? What was their free agent acquisitions like their drafting? Like, um, you know, winning solves all. <laughs> and, uh, I think that that's, that's something that, uh, really right now is where I think everything is at unless unless there's just a conversation between the two of them that just everything there's a huge fallout there's a huge deterioration and Russell Wilson ultimately says hey uh, I want out of town real quickly in that in that whole division with us Jake because it's just a it's so interesting that entire division with their quarterbacks with the Rams situation are they viable are they a viable threat for a Super Bowl with with Matt Stafford uh, they are absolutely, they, they are a, a legitimate threat in the NFC West. And look, you know, people point to, to Matt Stafford, um, for a number of different reasons. And ultimately for the reason that it puts the Rams, you know, in 30, 30 million over the cap. But the reality is, is, and you might lose some, some great defensive players, but the reality is Sean McVay, I mean, was losing his mind this last year, even with the number one defense in the league. He was playing more of the style of football that Pete Carroll likes to play. Ball control, offense, catering to your defense, letting your defense win games. Sean McVay didn't get brought into this league to coach like that. He got brought into this league to, to be an explosive offensive uh, coach and to have an explosive offense, and that's where he's most comfortable. So I think he was willing to sacrifice some of those pieces on defense to acquire a quarterback in Matt Stafford that he truly feels like can open the playbook back up and they can get to even more than what they've been doing in the past with Jared Goff. I heard what John Lynch said earlier this week, but if you were John Lynch, are you looking are you looking for other quarterbacks other than Jimmy Garoppolo right now? No question. No question. I don't care what Ooh. any I don't care what anybody in that 49ers organization says. They could tell Ooh. me, you know, that they put they put their hand on the Bible and say he's not going anywhere. The 49ers are absolutely shopping. They're going to be looking around. They're going to be looking at all options. And I'm just telling you this, if Trey Lance uh, Justin Fields, any one of those guys is in is available at pick number twelve is what I believe that they're at. I mean, uh, I think they're taking a quarterback, guys. Hey, why are people knocking on Justin Fields? Like, I'm not even a Buckeye fan, Jake, but it's like I really like Justin Fields, and I, you know, I'm talking to Charlie Casserly on the show last week, and he's talking about anticipatory throws and all this stuff. And going, what's happening here? I think he's as tough as nails. He's as strong as an ox. He's got a big arm. He might take a little bit of seasoning. Isn't that okay? Isn't that okay for a mid-round pick in the NFL now? Or not mid-round, but middle first-round pick in the NFL now? Yeah, you know, no offense to Charlie, but I think it just goes to show the old-school way of, of evaluating the position. Um, I agree. You know, I, I, I don't think that that is a great way to translate. Your job as a scout is not to look at necessarily just what they've done in college, but to project and to anticipate what they can be in your system. Do you have the coaching staff? Do you have the offensive system to develop these players? And if the answer is no, then fine. But if, if you feel like you have a great ecosystem from head coach to offensive coordinator to quarterback coach, everyone around that side of the ball, 
It doesn't. If the guy has the talent, he has the toughness, he has the mental makeup, then then it's on you to make it happen. And somebody like Justin Fields, I think he has all those things. Um, and uh, and I think given the right system and the right place, I think he can be an absolute stud. Uh, and so I think that that part of it to me is that I think Justin Fields in that 49er offense, I think it would be unbelievable. I didn't ask you about Kyler Murray, and I need to. Kyler Murray is the secret out on him. You know, it's a, it's a good question. I don't think the secret's out on him. I think that Cliff Kingsbury's ability to be a head coach in this league is in serious question. Yeah, uh, that's know, what I like I, to hear. I, I think at this stage, look, the, it's never good when your head coach goes into the offseason and publicly admits that, hey, managing a game is not my strong suit. I'm going to find somebody else to do that job so I can focus on the offense. Translation, I'm not a good head coach. I'm an offensive coordinator. So I, I, I'll be curious to see how that pans out here in Arizona. They have a ton of talent, guys. I, I think, you know, the world of Kyler Murray, I think he's a good player. But uh, the reality is I don't know if they have a strong enough culture, if they have a strong enough staff to be able to get them over the hump. And, you know, that's kind of while everybody was thinking they were going to be the darlings of, of this last season, uh, I just wasn't buying it because, you know, it's really tough to go from – one of the the league's worst franchises and and then build into something uh you got to have a strong guy at the top you got to have a strong culture builder and somebody that's going to be able to get you through the tough adverse times and and i think that although i i have respect for cliff kingsbury as an offensive-minded coach i i'm in serious doubt in terms of his ability to be an elite head coach and he's in the tough one of the toughest divisions in the nfl I just like being right, man. That's why I get excited, damn it. I'm allowed to be excited. Jake keeps joining us on the show. Final one, final one. I flipped over from Auburn, Tennessee, college basketball, to Northern Illinois, or excuse me, Northern Iowa and Youngstown State, FCS spring football. Should I be watching FCS spring, or should I be watching college basketball getting ready for the tournament? Well, I, I think if there's a way you can find a way to, to hit the DVR and do both, uh, absolutely. It's a cop out. I'm not, it's a cop out, I'm Jake. Not, I need I'm one. Not gonna, <laughs> need one? Well, I'm going to go with college <laughs> basketball over over that. Uh, I mean, March Madness. It's March Madness for heaven's sakes. But I will say this: you know, FCS level football, there there has been more talent that's been produced and being looked at and, and evaluated at the NFL level than ever before, and that's an exciting development. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. It's great football, um, and so I'm excited for these kids who. Uh, to no fault of their own, were in programs that they just couldn't financially be able to start on time. So uh, I love the fact that there's football here in the spring, some good quality football. And, you know, there was the XFL, the AAF, which I was asked to participate in both leagues, declined to do in both because I uh, had my doubts in terms of how long those leagues were going to last. But, uh, you know, having FCS football, I uh, I think it's really fun. I think everybody should be tuning in. Follow him on Twitter. Good dude. JT Heaps 9 on Twitter. Jake Heaps. Jake, we thank you for the time, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Jake Heaps, former Seahawks quarterback host at 710 ESPN in Seattle also, the head coach of the Russell Wilson QB Academy. I got a lot of thoughts on that when we come back. Also, maybe it isn't as bad for the league as I originally thought. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen. I'll stay. 
I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. On CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Am I not doing my job, Connor, if I keep it here on Youngstown State football? That's your job, Ken. Do I have an obligation to the listener to watch college basketball on the precipice of conference tournaments and of the NCAA tournament instead of FCS college football? Yeah, you have an obligation. I think the college basketball comes first. I think it does. Because I can't sit there. I, I hate the cop out. Well, you can watch both. No, 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 no. Your attention can only be focused on one. You can watch both, but it doesn't mean you're focused on either one. I think we've learned from experience, folks. The more doesn't always mean the merrier. You know, if I have a whole bunch of people over, you can only focus on one, one at a time. They're not all going to leave satisfied. I don't even think we're talking about watching sports right now after I just said that sentence. Have, are we, Connor? I don't think so. You ever host one of them parties, Connor? I never have, no. Well, you come on out here to Ohio, talk to Lizzie and I, get you set up the right way, okay? That sounds good to me. That's right, bud. Eight five five two one two four cbs I threw a lot of people off at the very beginning of the show because I, I played it out. I thought it was the silliest thing ever. I said, what if you walked in and you told your wife, hey, I don't want to leave you. I'm pretty happy, but if I did leave you, I really like your friend and I like your coworker. And you know what? Your sister has always got my eye. That's the way I felt about the Russell Wilson scenario. When Adam Schefter reported what he reported, and that's not a dig at Adam Schefter whatsoever. He can only report what's told to him. That's not a shot at all. If I wanted to take shots of reporters, I have and I will. It's just silly that, well, I don't want to go, but you know what? Here's four teams that I'd be really interested in. And I know that they're doing this now through the media. And Russell Wilson, and I I respect Russell Wilson's right to do it. And you heard from Jake Heaps just a segment ago. They've tried to keep this quiet, or they've tried to keep this behind closed doors over the last couple of years. This hasn't been something that just popped up out of nowhere. And I think it did come to a head. There's a lot of things where... You think about it in the back of your mind. You don't take something too seriously. And then there's a moment where, boom, it hits you right in the face. And you feel that this is something that pushes pushes you in a certain direction. And I think watching Tom Brady at an advanced age of 43 years old set the clock on Russell Wilson, where he was watching that going, I'm not going to make it to 43 years old. Getting my ass handed to me every single game. I'm not going to make it to 43 years old. I don't know if I'm going to make it to 38 years old. So now the clock's running on Russell Wilson going, how many more years does he have left as as a top-end quarterback? How many more years does he have where his team legitimately has a shot to win the Super Bowl with he at quarterback? And this pushes him. When we hear the reports of him leaving a little bit miffed at the end of the season in, in some of the meetings that they had, this pushes Russell Wilson, and he watches a guy who physically, he can outmuster physically. And, and Tom Brady, I think, has proven to a lot of people, we wait for legends We wait for legends to fall apart. We were wondering with Tom Brady. Tom Brady got beat up behind a pretty bad offensive line in New England. They didn't have a lot of the same pieces that they had had before, and he had to make some decisions differently. He had to make some decisions differently this year. 
but it's been a better Tom Brady, and he was healthier, and things just went better. And you could see in the fourth, and the, at the end of the first half, in the NFC Championship game, he's still able to load it up when he's healthy, and he was able to do it then. And Russell Wilson watches that, and there's anger, and there's frustration. I don't blame Russell Wilson whatsoever for being frustrated on this. I also don't think, and I was worried about this because I don't want to see happen in the NFL what's happened in the NBA. And I immediately, people take this the wrong way. You believe in player empowerment until it affects your favorite team. We believe in the players. Power to these players. We empower these guys. We empower until it affects your team. Then they're just a bunch of overpaid, whining millionaires who just want the world handed to them. You know, I heard Draymond Green's comment a couple of weeks ago, and I was going to do it last week, but then things got nuts. People started calling in like crazy. It was crazy. I heard Draymond Green's comments, and I go, you know, in, in his world, that's it feels like it's a real conversation, but to everybody else, I think it's tone deaf. I don't think that Draymond Green le- lives in a real world to his audience, to, to the fans of the NBA. Draymond Green lives in a world that's fantasy to us, and it still should be taken that way. And in the NFL, with Russell Wilson and with all these guys, it's still the same thing. It's still a fantasy. And I was afraid that the NFL might take its cue from the NBA and we could find ourselves in a problem with them. But I don't think it's going to be that way. I don't think it's as bad for the league as I originally thought. Because what makes the NFL great is that Jake in Sterling Heights, Michigan, who's a fan of the Lions, he may not believe this, but he should believe this, that if the Lions can with Chris Spillman and Barry Sanders and everybody, they can they can find another quarterback and they can build the right way, could be a good football team. And then his favorite team, the Lions, have every chance to be just as good as any team in New York, any team in, in on the coast in Los Angeles or San Francisco or Seattle or anywhere. They have just as good a chance as anybody in Florida to be a great football team. That's what makes the NFL work. That is what has gravitated fans from Major League Baseball where – Owners have definitely stagnated salary. They have absolutely paid less than they need to. And they turn around and they blame it on their, fa- on their fans. And in the NBA, where fans have started to turn on the players. The NFL has collected those fans. And it's made the NFL stronger. And at first, when I heard about Deshaun Watson, ooh, when I heard about Russell Wilson, hey, they can't, they can't all play in Florida. They can't all play in Dallas. They can't all play in L.A. Of the guys who can dictate where they can go, seriously, of the guys who can dictate where they can go, there are about four guys who could dictate it. The rest, what's really the price? There's no price there. So is this as bad as what I thought it was going to be? And if there's only four guys who can play in the three teams in, in three cities in Florida and maybe – or I should say five, the other places in L.A., and a guy playing who maybe was drafted in L.A. is probably pretty happy playing in L.A. as it is, how many guys can really dictate in the NFL where they're going to go? Of the most important players, a Jamal Adams wants to leave, somebody else wants to leave, bye, it's a story for a day, and then that's the end of it. Unless they make a real big play down the stretch, then we can talk about it more. But for quarterbacks, how many guys can really dictate it? You have about four or five guys. So maybe it's not as bad for the league 
as I really thought it was going to be. And also, for the fans, it might actually made him better because, in a lot of ways, could this or could this not force accountability? If there was a major rift, not that there will be, not that there could be, but if there were a major rift between the Kansas City Chiefs and Veach and Reed going against Patrick Mahomes, fans are going to take Patrick Mahomes' side. They're taking Russell Wilson's side right now. They took, for the most part, they took Aaron Rodgers' side in Green Bay. Hell, they're taking his side again. Now we take the quarterback's side. This may force more accountability because I still look at it and I think, if your quarterback is a generational quarterback, like the big ones we talk about, just fire the general manager. Just fire the head coach. Maybe not the general manager. Maybe it's not just as easy as that, but the head coach, hell, I can get you another head coach. Aaron Rodgers got Matt LaFleur, made him look like a genius from day one. Things have changed a little bit now, a little bit tougher now. Made him look like a genius from the very beginning. I can get you a new head coach. I can't get you a generational quarterback. And so if you have one of these guys or you think you have one of these guys, it may, in a way, hold your favorite team more accountable from being crazy from the top down, from crazy ownership to bad general managing to bad drafting because now if there's a threat that that quarterback, a guy like Andrew Luck in the past that was beholden to the whims of Ryan Grigson and Jim Ursay, now there's a threat that it's not that I'm going to retire. I just won't play for you. And since I get enough money up front and since I don't care about money, I only care about my own legacy, I'm gone. That's enough to scare some organizations straight. 855-2124-CBS. More of you guys coming up. And like any man of the house, I have to make tough decisions, whether for my family or if I owned a football team. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now it's the latest sports update with Erica Herskowitz. He's bound to die. We're going to do what they say can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound to what no bandit runs. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Also, March Madness right around the corner with this weekend. It has two full days of college hoops triple headers. Three games today bidding in at noon Eastern. So it's already started with a battle in the Big 12 between Texas and Texas Tech, which I am watching right now. Then on Sunday, three more games capped off with a late afternoon Big Ten showdown with Iowa takes on Ohio State. Six college hoops games this weekend, beginning already at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific today. The road to the Final Four is on CBS. I'm going to get to John in Virginia here in just a moment. Connor, this is two weeks in a row you've you've kind of let me down here. You said, first off last week, you said Godfather's a bad movie. Right. Which is just dumb. All right. Then this week, I don't know why I brought this up. I go, oh, they recovered Lady Gaga's dogs. And what did you say? I said, didn't her dogs recently get killed in New York City? That's what I thought the story was at first. Well, she had dogs that were recovered, but then what did you ask? How did they even know it was Lady Gaga's dog? Yeah, because I I don't know how someone would actually know if those three dogs were Lady Gaga's dogs. Okay, we got 360 million people, or no, 330-plus million people in this country. 
out of 330 million people, there are some weirdos out of there, okay? If you don't think, how much is Lady Gaga worth right now? Can you look that up, Connor, real quick? Give me a number. Okay, give me one second. Hurry, 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 hurry. I'm going to get to John and Virginia here in a second. Plus, I got <laughs> I got to make a weird analogy. It's coming up. Find out how much Lady Gaga is worth. We wait patiently on Connor, who obviously has the slowest internet ever. Connor, just Google Lady it Gaga. It says here she's worth $320 million. Okay. So there are definitely people sitting around going, you know, I'm poor, but I have a gun. And Lady Gaga is worth $320 million. How much, and they know she loves her doggies, how much would she be willing to pay for the doggies? And so sickos go out there, and they scout because everybody – people watch these movies, and they think that they can do the same thing. It's the same thing when you watch Netflix documentaries, and you go, oh, I definitely could get away with this murder, and let me tell you why. Which you couldn't. We have DNA evidence now. You can't get away – I assume you can't get away with anything anymore. So they tell themselves that they can kidnap Lady Gaga's dogs, and Lady Gaga, who's worth $325 million, will pay a handsome sum to get her doggies back. So they went and they scouted and they watched her dog walker try to get, and then they figured out at night that they were going to go try to get those dogs. Is the dog walker, I hear the dog walker's doing better. So at least that's good. I feel bad for that. I feel bad for the whole thing. I don't want dogs kidnapped. Dogs are great. I love dogs, which I have a weird analogy about dogs coming up here in a moment. Connor. See, I didn't think it was this big scheme that was thought out, you know, weeks in advance. I thought maybe somebody oh. had just walked by and said, oh, whoa, no. there's Lady Gaga's dogs. Let's go grab them. I mean, there may be, there may be a possibility. There, there is a possibility it could be a coincidence. But these things, are, these things are usually, they're still not planned very well, but they're still thought out weeks in advance. When it comes to Hollywood stars, things get very, very weird. Now, all kidding aside, I adore Lady Gaga. Eight five five two one two four CBS. We go from Lady Gaga to John in Virginia, who's just as talented as she is. He's next up on CBS Sports Radio. Hello, John. Hey. Good afternoon. Good morning. Hi. Hey. So uh, Russell Wilson, get to the Russell Wilson uh, story, I guess. Yes. Uh, I, I just, I, I just, I don't hear a lot of people talking about. You know, I get the whole get mine and 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 be gone. But when you have fifty two, fifty three players on a roster and you have one player taking up 20% of your salary cap, it doesn't leave a whole lot of extra room for buying and, or getting the people that you need to complete the team. It's all about mm-hmm. the team, right? And so when I look at that and I think, okay, because there's, there's more to, there's more to uh, a team than just one player. That's, we talk mm-hmm. about that. You guys talk about that all the time. Yep. I know Brady, Brady over the years – he hasn't taken the max money. I don't think he's ever been the highest paid, uh, uh, the greatest of all time. Has never and when been. it was still tapped out, when it still got tapped out, he left. Because, I mean, you look at the embarrassment of riches that he played with this season, and that defense was still better. I mean, you're right. You're right about that, John. So, so I, I kind of look at this more as a, as, a, as a, you know, a team thing. And it's like, okay, look at Russ if you want. Look, there are some of the things is, as Russ admits that, hey, look at I know. Sometimes I hang on to the ball too long. Sometimes I just try to make something happen. I throw a ball up in the air. Sometimes it gets intercepted. Mm-hmm. Intercepted. Sometimes it's a touchdown. But, you know, it's like, hey, look, 
we want to get a team. We got to get we got to get the players in there. We got to pay them. I need to make thirty five million. Well. And know. that's why, John, that, that's why it's going to be very hard next year. It, it's fun to talk about these trades and these possibilities. It's opened up a whole new, a whole new direction. And, and, John, thank you for the call. It's opened up a whole new direction of off-season talk. It's almost impossible still to execute these trades because if you're giving up so much for one player, you're still going to hurt one side of the ball. If I'm giving up multiple first-round picks, these guys are usually supposed to be starters or guys that can contribute because they're first-round picks, they still need them to. So it's the same thing with Deshaun Watson. I'm afraid for a multitude of teams that if you traded that much for Deshaun Watson, you just become the Houston Texans in a couple of years. Now, you may have better drafting and better scouting. That may be true, but there's still going to be a year where, where you're going to be on your ass. Same thing in, in, in Seattle. Jake Heaps, hey, Pete Carroll's in his late 60s. He's way too old for a rebuild here. So you're going to have to give me something, and if we're going veteran versus veteran, why can't I just work it out with Russell Wilson, who I like and adore if I'm if I'm Pete Carroll, and also myself, Ken Carman? Yeah, I feel like Russell Wilson's way better than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's good, but he's not Russell Wilson, so let's make it work out with Russell Wilson. So a lot of this talk is simply that, talk, until somebody somewhere makes a very strong and more than likely emotional decision. Speaking of emotions... And speaking about dogs earlier, I have a very weird analogy to make. But earlier this week, I had some fun at my buddy Andrew Filipponi's expense. Audio courtesy 93.7, the fan in Pittsburgh. Connor hit it. Uh, here is Ken in Ohio with his take on Ben Roethlisberger coming back. Ken, you're on the fan. <laughs> All right, thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> that laugh sounded kind of familiar. <laughs> Truth be told. Is he still going? <laughs> I've heard going. that laugh before. Woo! Hey, how you guys doing? How you doing? <laughs> hey. Hi. You there? Hi. Who is this? <laughs> this Hi. Is, this is Ken in Ohio. Hi, Ken. What part of Ohio might you be calling from? (laughs) Hang up on this guy. Seriously. I think that's... Bye. Bye. That's Ken Carmen. I think. Are you kidding me? How did he get past you? He's still there. Uh, I just put him down in queue. Get rid of him. I mean, get... Hang up. Hang up. How did the heck... How did did he get past you there? Craig. He's telling me he'll play nice. No, I don't want to play nice. He's gone. (laughs) I don't know if it's a full-time ban. I'm looking for... Put me on. No. Come on. You're on right now. You're saying put me on on while you're on the air. You there? Yeah. Hey, I got a question. I got a question for you guys. Go ahead. (laughs) Are all the Steelers games in 2021 going to be at 1 o'clock? Why is that? Old people got to go to bed early, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) 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 Super Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Audio courtesy 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Now, I really do like Pony and Muller. And I hate to have such fun at the expense of some really good listeners that we do have on this show. I don't know why, but we really do have on this show over there in Pittsburgh. But you couldn't have been feeling good about that unless you were the most obscene fanboy for Ben Roethlisberger possible. 
Now, I wanted to have some fun with it. I still think they can be a six to eight win football team with Bren Roethlisberger, but he physically can't hold up anymore. I don't think that they are going to have anywhere near the type of personnel that they had last year. It probably will go bust. But in the spirit of having fun, I thought I had to do that because everything else for this year I don't think is going to be very fun. Because speaking of dogs, I thought about this yesterday. I watched the Pittsburgh Steelers over my entire life. They've always made the tough decision. I myself, the man of the house, have to make tough decisions. And I was looking at Sam just yesterday. In a couple of weeks, Sam will be nine years old. He's a black lab German shepherd mix. He's a good boy. He's very, very patient. He's a good boy. He's a beautiful boy. And I love Sam dearly. But as the man of the house, I know that there's going to be a day where Sam is not going to be in good health. He's not going to be of usefulness to himself. And there will have to be a day where both of us get in the truck and only one of us is coming home. And it hurts me to say that. And it's an emotional thing to say, but it's something that I know more than likely is going to be true. But I can't put it on Liz, and I certainly can't put it on my sons, and I can't put it on the neighbors because it's my dog. And I got to do all the work for my dog, including the final business of my dog. And here I've watched the Pittsburgh Steelers do the same thing where they got in that truck with Troy Polamalu and James Harrison and Greg Lloyd and Kevin Green and so many others. And two of them got in that truck, and only a Rooney came back. Sometimes you got to make a tough decision. And if you're Art Rooney and you're the Rooney family, you've made the tough decision so many times over. And for the good of everybody for the good of the franchise, and ultimately, like I will have to do for Sam, for the good of Ben. It's time to get him in the truck and only one a year coming home. Because the fallout from this, when you have a Watson available, or even a Wilson if we want to get nuts, as a person in your division, as a person who celebrated his decision earlier this week, I know it could be a very long time before you return to prominence. Big thanks to Pierno Green, Belletti, and Herskowitz. Philip Pony up next. Can't imagine how he'll start. I'm Ken Carmen. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. It's been your pleasure. I'm out of here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.